You know, sometimes you need someone to be really tender with you. I about mean, this, this, this is, work is scary. This is like, uh, this is why I don't read self-help books because oh. they're written to kind of, not like, I, yeah. mean, I, I mean, many book. listen, any book that helps you is a self-help book as far as I'm sure. concerned, whatever it is. But uh, this is definitely for somebody who feels trapped. Yeah. And it, I'm not saying that's a, that makes it bad or invalid. It's just, it's like, there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm like, yeah, I already do that. There's a certain privilege level to this book, right? Like existing at all. But Absolutely. I read this. They were talking about how somebody was able to like. They were very resilient, and they said her determination, no matter what the consequences, to draw a line and live by her own values. Yet speaking up to toxic bosses doesn't always work out. <laughs> they like tell anyway. Maybe it's more context dependent, but she had told this whole story about like dealing with somebody who was a pain, and it just was like. Well, here's one success story, but then they're like, yeah, but, you know, don't get too excited. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling a little stuck in my job. That's all. I, I get yeah. I get that. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the world just being what it is. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot. There's a, there's yeah. a lot. I this hear you. Sucks. That's all I'm going to say about it. I definitely hear you in that. Uh-huh. Um, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Victoria. You know what I need? What? One breath. A fresh movie. Great. We have just one left. I checked the cubby. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, I got hungry. When I get hungry, I eat a breath of fresh movie. This one has your name on it. Oh. to a breath of fresh movie this is a podcast where i victoria harley um, i chelsea pope we both watch a movie yeah. separately that neither one of us has ever seen we don't look at each other yeah we have screen uh -huh. we're in a room but there's a, a divider yeah. and then we face opposite directions uh -huh. looking at different tvs two and scientists big... in coats lead us in blindfolded yeah they're sitting in another room right now recording us there's a lot of sound bleeding though is the problem so you know <laughs> if i sometimes one of us pauses the movie but the it's still going yeah, it's not we can up. hear the other other person and like i don't know i get yeah. gassy like it's so it's yeah. awkward but yeah um yeah. that's what we do and then we talk about the movies after yeah that's it and um we don't cover everything because we're not super exhaustive right but we will talk about anything so yeah so um just be careful you know spoil spoiler alert for <laughs> yeah. uh today's movie that came out like In 70 years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh no we're about to ruin the 1961 film the children's oh, hour oh god no spoilers for the children's no hour spoilers. please don't ruin this don't for me. tell me how it ends what did but, you what did you think of this movie i want to i, I need mean, to get right into it I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It's certainly melodramatic. And there's just definitely moments that are so there's shots. So, there's so many like sudden cuts yeah. up close. This felt very like Pedro Almodovar really? okay. in a lot of ways in terms of yeah. that. I think in his way, it was like he what he does feels like the sort of like an homage mm -hmm. to this type of mm. storytelling in a way. Yeah. The sort of the melodrama. There's even there was a lot of melodrama. You're right. There's even it reminded me of Parallel Mothers even too. not not just the queer aspect of the story. But then you have the, the aunt who's like mm. not there because she's an actor. Right. Like there's this 
very open criticism of of actors yeah and bo- yeah and they're, both they're, that's they're interesting not, parallels they don't respect them much no i didn't think about that you're that's an interesting parallel to draw yeah, yeah and like like camera wise with like you sudden you're suddenly you're you're cutting really close or like they do yeah there's very specific stylized shots that feel a little bit jarring sometimes in this movie mm-hmm. you know it's funny I'm, I'm struggling to have like a visual remembrance of this movie like some, mm. I don't think I was gripped by a lot of maybe the the framing of the shots, except sure. for those, those critical ones. That's the, that, I mean, know, yeah, like exactly. Those it, ones that I can remember, like the girl, like, right, spying and... Li- because the ending was just like, oh my god, yeah, right. really? I know. I was so, I was really pissy. I it's just, very funny because I'm just like, the lady literally came back and like did the best case scenario thing. It was like, I'm so sorry. We're gonna get it. We're gonna put it in the papers. We're gonna make my. We're gonna go to. We're gonna do. We're gonna do this, and I'll give you all my money, as much of it as you can take. And they were just like, some men in a pickup truck stared at us and the grocery boy was weird. And you and you think you can just undo all that. I am also specifically thinking about, okay, I mean, the melodrama of like, right, even though everything did kind of work out, it's right. like, I'm still going to hang myself because being gay is just too hard. It's like, just too, I can't even fathom it in this world. Like, how can I live? Also too, like, it's like what the cause fuck? I, I read this play yeah. and it's very much like an acting beginning acting or acting school program performance exercise one, you know, there's this one or crimes of the heart or like. Sam name it Sam Shepard play you know or true whatever West. yeah true yeah exactly I was trying I was just yeah I was literally gonna say True Blood and I was like I'm not even gonna that's definitely one of those plays mm-hmm. um, the Children's Hour this doesn't deviate plot wise far from that it just does I think aid in certain ways to embellish by showing these outside scenes of mm-hmm. like the girl getting confronted or like the um the doctor quitting his job like there's certain yeah. like there's certain extra scenes that colored the story a bit that you watch it live as a play it's a different it feels like a different tone it's oh, a different I, yeah. style I, I i'll be you honest know. i would love to see this staged um, i think it feels it, it feels a lot drier Mm-hmm. For sure. For anyone who hasn't this, seen this film, um, this is a story about two lifelong friends, Martha and Karen, run a boarding school for girls, right? Mm. And when an unruly child is punished for lying, she concocts a story that Martha and Karen are in a romantic relationship. That's the whole story. And like, yeah. you know, the whole secret getting, or not secret, but this this rumor leads to them losing everything. Yeah. Like all the, all the children are pulled out of the boarding school. They don't have any clients anymore. They're like isolated. Weird dudes in pickup trucks are like pointing at their house. Yeah. Um, I mean, they definitely made people seem really menacing. Like they, I think the film did a really good job of making you feel the vulnerability. And I know we try to come at this like sure. with, from our own guts, but I read a review from Bosley Crowther. You remember, mm, remember yeah, Bosley? Yes. Yeah. This might reflect how different New York is from the rest of the country. But he's like, this is so silly. Like, they're being so sensitive about this thing right. that's really not that big a deal anymore. And a lot has changed from 1961 to, like, when this was first staged in the 30s. Like, in right. 1934, when the Lillian Hellman put this play up, it was illegal to reference or mention homosexuality on stage. Right. And the authorities didn't 
do anything because the reviews were so good and it's right. like such a new york thing right like well you know the audience that was it. just so good <laughs> it's just so good like even the cops are like well you know imagine that i know right <laughs> so it's very groundbreaking the lillian hellman play people are raving about it. we can't do it th- i mean yeah. we'll, a, we'll a let them we'll let them have the lillian hellman play no i don't even mean that in diminutive no, way to her no, but just it's a, such an interestingly specific well uh, may west is, right like she yeah. got put in jail for her play sex like right. you know she she did a similar thing you know sure. I mean, she did it in a much more may west way right <laughs> which is a lot of fun it sounds general. like it's i definitely i love may west it's worth mentioning that mgm did uh option this to be a movie in the 30s but the production code right the hayes production code which mm-hmm. for anyone who's not familiar was just a rigid code of censorship that existed from about 1934 to 1968 uh and i'm just want to i i had to like reacquaint myself with it but there were a bunch of don'ts and be carefuls right. on that production code, uh, which included things like nudity, drugs, profanity, sexual hygiene or venereal disease of any kind, yeah. childbirth, miscegenation, white slavery, ridicule of clergy, or any inference of sexual perversion. The nudity could also include like in silhouette, like they had all these yeah. like specifications anyway. So people had to like work around this shit. So they adapted the play into a film, but of course they couldn't mentioned homosexuality like mm-hmm. at all uh because that would have been considered a sexual perversion or disease or a crime or all of the things a sin it was treated mm-hmm. like all those things so the movie they made they turned it into like one of the friends is having an affair with the the husband-to-be mm-hmm. you know and that's it like it's it's more of a love triangle story and that's it yeah and hellman actually helped write that version and the and they so we're now that, you just talked about the original film adaptation talking, that's yes. before the children's exactly. hour not to yes not Sorry. to continue but to no, no, clarify no. this is a different movie as Thank a different you. title yes it was called um, uh these three that's a film adaptation yeah. that came out during Six, the time the yeah. play was running in yeah. that in that era a, a or, couple or years like, after yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah. Like, the play in, was in, that, in that time period where exactly. it made more sense they have to make this yeah they couldn't adjustment. make it that version was also directed by william wyler the guy mm. who directed today's version so mm, he came wow. back to this story almost mm-hmm. like 30 years later and obviously things have changed he William Wyler, we've talked about him before uh, on our episode about the Little Foxes, but he's got the sort of record for the most best director nominations from the Academy. It's a total of 12. 14 actors under his direction have won Oscars. Like, the dude is yeah. a legend. So, you know, he's kind of later in his career at this point. Like, he's already established. He's done everything he needs to, and he's still going to do great films later. But he came back to the story. It was like he wanted to try again right so anyway this is all to get back to this review that really just seemed like the play when it came out in 34 was even too a little too sensitive or something like um and it was just really interesting because it was almost like he was saying it wasn't modern enough the the The, critic yeah the critic and he's saying this about the 1961 version because at this point you know we're now again 30 years into the future yeah that's a long time a lot of shit happens and also this whole story is based on a set of true events that happened to two school teachers in scotland and i wrote the the year down okay so in 1810 two scottish which really makes more sense really makes more sense but then is it like at that point in terms of updating it time period wise yeah is it simply they just wanted to speak in modern vernacular or ish? Not that they're really talking. They're, they're talking in a very Audrey Hepburn friendly um, 
manner. Don't go anywhere. Yeah, it, even at times with Shirley MacLaine, like I could see it. Like it, it was you know, I, I really like both actresses, but also that language is like mm-hmm. such a specific that finishing school voice. I don't know. She yeah. has, and like Shirley MacLaine has such a much more like she's more quippy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She is quippy. Yeah. So there were certain like the the, was, the flow of some of the lines, and this is also too when you're reading it, or at least when I was reading this play, it it's helpful to like really understand like the time that this ought to be taking place. Well, yeah, and, and the way that there's like saying things without saying things, like you were just saying about no referencing of homosexuality. Right. Right. I mean, it, it was pushing yeah. boundaries, but in 1810, you know, it was it was the exact same thing though. It was like a student lied about them having a relationship, and there was a libel suit. And in the reality, in Scotland, these women won. I don't think he's thinking about the Bosley Crowther. I don't think he's thinking about the original, you know, Scottish story. But I mean, he said, I mean, here's what he wrote. This is how he opened his review was it's hard to believe that Lillian Hellman's famous stage play, The Children's Hour, could have aged into such a cultural antique in the course of three decades. Hmm. I liked this movie. I did. Except, you know, again, the end, though, and some of it. And yeah, I'm like, it's I very melodramatic, this whole yeah. movie. And is... it's like, I know it's 1961, and, you know, we're, we're do- that we're even talking about this as a step forward, but 61, the code had relaxed a, relaxed a bit, but you couldn't depict homosexuality unless it was, like, in an unsympathetic or unflattering light. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, like, she kills herself when she realizes that she's actually gay and that there's actually some truth in this. She has this coming out where she talks about feeling sick and dirty or you know and yeah and that's actually a very like good moment i feel like there's a lot of people who go through that still that kind of the shame and and i wish it weren't so and it's getting better but like there was something about that that felt very relatable but then again in the next breath well Mm -hmm. then i'm just gonna kill myself yeah and you know karen's character doesn't really come for her Mm -hmm. she's just sort of like she's oh you don't know what you're saying they play they they she's so written in such a stoic way and i do to a degree appreciate that the film does a pretty good job i think implying that she actually does reciprocate Mm. and there are things i think there at least what i read in watching the film i think there were some key moments in 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 juxtaposition to like the the reading the play at least where you really don't get any anything except maybe it's like she suddenly sits up or she she has a she has a she realizes or mm. just it just that she realizes period something like that and it's like God, you don't so really little. get it it's very ambiguous i think mm. in the play whether it actually was reciprocated I, it, it felt mm. that way to me yeah at least on paper again i haven't seen this live so it'd no, be, it no. would be cool to see this live i think it but, would too um, particularly if like that you said it or in... just acting scenes at least it's yeah. like and then people you can you know you you she's karen's such like a character you can dial up or down her level of interest totally um like how much that's reciprocated to martha and i liked in the movie that there were these subtle instances and it makes it makes more sense now just on like a tangible level Mm -hmm. like versus the play it is very similar how things go down for the most part um i do have a question sure is there a courtroom scene in the play I don't believe there is a courtroom okay, that's scene. Off, so that's, that's always a, off stage. I'm pretty okay. sure that's the gist of it, but okay. I, I could be, I mean, I don't know. It's been a long I time. I mean, not that this is missing something. It's just that. It does jump ahead and it's very confusing well, because once the some... girl confesses, then it just, now it's. You're right. Like things sort of go back, but I, mm, I don't know. It's just such a frustrating 
it feels like we miss really key important things. And, right. And on the one hand, I want to be like very skeptical about like, okay, the word of two children and one person who can't be found is enough for people to win. A, right. like, why would they lose this suit? You know, they don't, they don't have to explain it, that it just happens. And right. then it like destroys their life. And they even at the end have a chance to just start over, but don't. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like the whole, it feel it feels like, okay, so yeah. They the, can't have a happy ending. They, yeah. They're the, not allowed. The whole on a metal level, that is what's happening yeah. in the same way. Oh, why didn't they, why didn't Rose and Jack both just go on the door? Like, it's like, it doesn't matter. He was going to die. He was written to die. He had to die. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Die. But at the same time, yes, I see in the saying. case of the story, I do think like Karen is, do you have the old lady coming in and being like the, I'm going to give you guys all this money and fix everything. And she's like, no, go away. Mm -hmm. And then the husband or the, the fiance being like, look, I'm going to get this other job. We can just go to the car. I'll take it. We'll do this. And she's and they're like, and they're, she's like, no, yeah. you don't want the, you're always going to think this now. Well, and like she, it like, just, she basically, she's pushing she it. She drives him to finally ask if it's true. Is it true? And then she's like, See, we can't be together. Yeah, it's, it's that like, felt very toxic. That was that's, so that's toxic. toxic, honey. But see, then I'm watching that and I'm like, you know what? Maybe she's doing that because that's her subconsciously Wanting. pushing him away because she does want to be. That's interesting. With I can see that with Martha, that and that's makes this way movie. More sense. Yeah, this movie drove that point home in a much clearer way than I felt like the play had, where I could see Karen going scene by scene with all of this mm -hmm. um because she wants this life with martha now yeah i think yeah, yeah. in a sense it's like she wants to be with mm -hmm. her you yeah. know i think and no, or like wants to you know or, and also two other little things like she initiates wanting to go on that walk and it's yes. i mean it's like then yeah. it's like those dudes intimidate them but yeah she she does take these instances where you know she has been toying from the early on in the film with the other guy, not toying with him intentionally. She does love him, but it's not, it's not like the love she has. It's clearly referenced that he's asked her to marry him multiple times. Yeah, and he's been like, for like, why are they years. not like, yeah. why won't you? And she's, but what changes her mind is that she does want to be a mother. Like she does want to have a child. Mm. So I do love, but that she part. has always kind of kept him at like an arm's length a little bit yeah. uh, all the way up to this Point. I do love there's some part where he's asking Martha like don't you want kids she's like I feel like I have 15 already yeah like, right you know, like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> like, I run a school but like the yeah. ultimate fulfillment no I well right yeah. no and there's a I haven't seen it but there's a film a documentary about queerness in Hollywood called the celluloid closet mm. I think that's the title I might have fucked that up Shirley MacLaine is interviewed in it about this movie and she says something kind of interesting, which is that like we never had an open discussion like about mm -hmm. what it was about. So I've read some people report that and say like mm, bullshit, like, and then other people are like, no, it was just they had to keep it that way or some or something. Right. I don't know. Except I find that so hard to believe. With again that that speech that sort of coming out scene, it's just so like 
feels so specifically this. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how am I, I supposed like to it, it seems that? like there's an implicit understanding that maybe everybody came in with maybe. that, like, no one just, just no one brought it up. Yeah. Or I don't know. Again, I want to think like maybe it's production code related or something. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, but it, I, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. But this is a gay movie. Yeah, it's gay. This movie. movie's gay. It's gay. Yeah. And I and I, I mean, and on. I go by the theory that they were both gay for each other, but just both had repressed it yes. in different ways. Totally. Because yeah. I think too, there's also in this movie, mm-hmm. again, this like these filler sort of things with the way things are shot and some of it's melodramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, Shirley MacLaine is like, I'm gonna go to sleep. And there's a moment where you see Audrey Hepburn's face change. Yeah. Looking at her, just kind of in this like I could live my life with you kind of I got I got that I'm ascribing that of course but that's just no, that, no. there is something to be said about a, a play I mean, or story that also, has that level of ambiguity you can yeah and like take what you want there we're also like in the setting is like a boarding school for girls mm-hmm. I mean and, and not and that's not to imply that there's like you know some kind of like a, a pederasty going on because there's not but we're surrounded by images of women and mm-hmm. girls like so there's something just inherently not male and like not male centered about this whole story i mean mm-hmm. the only man is james garner's character like and and you know that dad who like finally tells them the truth right which it takes forever for that to get finally spit out and yeah. man people yank their kids fast like it yeah, was the same dude. day i don't know it just seemed a little like fast yeah and that was something else that had kind of been pointed out the other thing is we never actually hear what it is the girl whispers to her grandmother like she we hear like her report everything that the audience knows about mm-hmm. like overhearing the unnatural whatever it's like a lost in translation thing like they deliberately don't allow you to hear what she's whispering to her grandmother that caused her grandmother to pretty much you know stop short and yeah oh god do you think that was effective or did you find that on like sort of unsatisfying like that it, that you that you never actually hear the specific it's reference like how would a yeah. child know about that or you know it just it never comes out you know right well i don't know i guess in in my mind i thought well actually it does mm-hmm. she does the the girl when she's getting grilled when yeah. mary gets grilled is like well then um through i we would hear strange oh, right. noises you're right and then you know that's and then that's when the mm-hmm. the the himbo of the year characters like oh yeah what what kinds of noise she's, uh, I, I saw something through the, the keyhole yeah, I, don't I don't have, have a keyhole, keyhole. <laughs> this whole that whole scene was really i really like that that is, that is like a very i like seeing kids get yeah. grilled um, oh she was just a nasty oh little thing oh my god i went on letterboxd right after i watched this yeah. and one of the first reviews i saw was can children get the death penalty yeah like this was the she she really makes a case for oh, me being pro-choice like i'll she, tell you what she is badder than the bad seed she is a bad she's a she's, bad kid she's like she's a nasty I mean, kid damien would be an upgrade i would rather yeah i would rather have the antichrist than yeah, that because then you just die you know <laughs> like but this is like no i'm gonna ruin your whole life for no real good reason at all other than you made I mean, at me least feel damien bad. was quiet too she <laughs> well, just whines and screams and she's like and f- her intimidation of the other girl who like she 
So there's another student who's been yeah. stealing from students around, and and basically this girl who makes up the lie catches this girl. So she she black yeah, she yeah blackmails her, her because of with the with the jewelry shit. Yeah, yeah. she's like, I will tell everybody that you stole this shit if you don't corroborate what you. And I don't know. She she creates this conspiracy. So there's two children's word, not right. just one. Right. And so that plus the fact that like oh they couldn't question the woman who made the remark that the kid overheard, and it's just again I found that kind of like. They're glazing some stuff for there, sure. There's some glaze. Yeah. I really like Shirley MacLaine in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know she's done some questionable uh, parts and things. I think there was like a yellow face thing at one point. Oh, yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Like, well, I you mean, know. a lot of the, you know, quote yeah, unquote, I mean, greats have done it. It's, yeah. It's, it's, un- it's just an unfortunate I just, yeah, thing. I just, it's one of those things that I, I yeah, it's tough. I, remember, I was having a conversation with somebody and I was talking about like, oh, I love George C. Scott. And then they just sort of immediately reminded me that like, well, he broke Ava Gardner's jawbone like when they were together. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, okay. this is the sort of the, yeah. we're, we're not excusing these things, but that's also so not the same as Shirley MacLaine doing something that was culturally like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, a a not, like a, a di- yeah, um, there's, there's definitely different degrees of, of yeah. um, cancellation i guess yeah no no i'll also cancel worthiness if you will anytime i can share this i do which i'm sure plenty of people know this but it makes total sense when i look at their faces shirley mcclain is uh warren Beatty's sister mm, yeah i'm like they have the yeah. same face yeah, yeah they yeah. have the same face how did right. i not put that together and it's not a secret they, right they've been but i just i'm like damn mm-hmm. like what a hot brother and sister you know like, good for them i'm just saying i love her in the apartment like no, she's that, great think, in that. I think that's like my favorite, hands down. Like and that's like just yeah, her her um her delivery and she's the perfect. and the 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 haircut too. The, yeah, well, Love just it. her also that back and forth she can have with like Jack Lent, like yeah. like being being in something mm. of that pace, yeah. <laughs> that at that tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kept she can hold her own. Yeah. Um, We've both seen recently Irma LaDuce. Oh is, yeah, what the that was a was weird. That? that was a weird little one. That was too long. Yeah, um, it was much too long. The costumes were great. Costumes like, were really fun. Specifically, like, it was, her it was a colorful. Like, I liked all the green. Yeah. I liked that. It was a very colorful I wanted, movie. I wanted green underwear after I saw that movie. I was like, yeah. oh, that's fun. Yeah, I could see. I see how that <laughs> a, can work. She had a thing. I see how that can work. A gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Every everyone needs a gimmick. Yeah. Is Mary Mary the little girl? Is yeah. she a sociopath or do you think she's just bored? I mean, I, I, I don't, I think those can often be the comorbidities. <laughs> That's a good point. I was, I, I think she's clearly yeah. a narcissist or like a histrionic personality mm-hmm. disorder. Um, may, maybe borderline, like but you're saying, like a very, I think more history. I'm saying she's like a yeah. little Amber Heard. Oh, she, I think that's, that's, yeah, I have, I, this is the implication that I'm, of course I'm, I'm, no, I, I like I'm, it. I'm running with no, based I'm, on, I'm just saying she was died. They, they said it on the still the lady on the stand was like, yeah, this is histrionic, right. And whatever. No, you there's know. a lot of that. I mean, it's, that's a, that's a tough, uh, characteristic. So I'm working, yeah. um, right now and on this little tangent, but I'm working on a true crime project at the moment. And I, I spent the day kind of watching stuff about Susan Smith, the woman mm. who, put her kids in the back of the car and then like yeah. rolled the car into a lake. Right. Yeah. Which we all know from Arrested Development. The good for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, love that reference. Anyway. Which I think says a lot too because you have this like yeah. super narcissistic woman. Well, she, she was very much yeah. like histrionics came up a lot as a, yeah. ter- as a word people were talking about and how 
so many of the statements were about me. I like, I was disappointed by this. And like her statements were inconsistent. She also talked to the press like three separate times. Like, yeah. And each time it was just bigger and bigger until she's yeah. finally being interviewed by like Katie Couric on national Crazy live TV. Shit. And it's just, everyone descended on that case so fast. Yeah. Before. Anyway, it's a total side note, but I feel like Mary, little Mary could have grown up to be the kind of woman who maybe kills her children <laughs> I she's, don't know. she's just a crazy like yeah. narcissist yeah. child yeah just, like you know just super spoiled and and also just that like that thing when you're a kid and like like she's obviously smart enough to know that she can lie yeah. and that she has some kind of out of the mouths of babes thing like she's exploiting her she knows how to she knows how and when to to turn yes. it on and get oh away with she it. turned it on also another thing that i'll say is like it yeah this the, the, very very on the nose performance like or like i mean she's she's a good actress but just in oh, general this whole I don't like, know like this <laughs> well just the, some the melodrama yeah, yeah. No, aspect no. i would say no you're right you're right I because mean, it's not it's not good act that's that's what i mean to say is that like this this is it's a feat that Shirley MacLaine and Audrey Hepburn are taking what it feels extremely almost like, yeah, like it's pithy or like almost kind of like you're watching like a, uh-huh. like a daytime drama at times. Yeah. And it's I very mean, stilted. Yeah. And I mean, I can forgive the, the sort of child being a little bit, if I'm sitting here saying like, oh, she's a bit unbelievable. It's like, well, yeah, she's a liar. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like that's, and I don't know, kids in some ways are like the best actors, right? Like right. They, they haven't they've been weighed down with a lot of theory and ideas yet um much more like intuitive right at least that's what i hear supposedly i don't know and while or something when we talked about that by the way for anyone interested that's episode 34 yeah uh, we uh, play stupid games win stupid prizes there you go uh, our episode about the little foxes yeah you can hear more about william wyler and all that who was by the way known as like 40 take wyler because he was such a perfectionist <laughs> yeah um he used in that film he worked with greg toland the same cinematographer for citizen kane mm-hmm. they never had all that deep focus right there was like a little bit of that in this but there was like just like and not not in like interest as interesting of ways i felt like the stakes didn't feel as high in those instances I know, and but even like, though their whole life is wrecked it just like it goes from everything is fine to no one will tell us what's going on to finally yeah. oh this is what's happening and this we got two people to corroborate it they're listless in this empty space yeah and, which i don't want to say we've all been in a situation like that but you know that intense like sadness and boredom together like sometimes those things layer on top in the worst yeah. possible way there's one line i wrote down when shirley mclean and uh, well, i keep calling them yeah that's names. all right uh yeah karen karen and martha they're at home and and i think karen says something about how like well why don't you go ahead and just go take a bath like i'll take care of this and she's like oh no i look forward to that bath all day there's- it's like a date <sighs> I don't want to, I don't want to do it early. Yeah. I need something to look forward to. Like yeah. a day. But that was like, something. I felt like though I related to that oh, kind of hard. Aww. I was just like, oh, I appreciate, but you know what? Shout out to self care. Yeah. Shout out to prioritizing self care yeah. or treating it, treating yourself as a luxury. But just, yeah. Like the, having to fill time. Yeah. You know, or like, no, that. Like if I do this too soon, then what the fuck do I do with the rest of my yeah. day? You know, um, I don't know. I, that line stood out to me. Those scenes you mentioned too also stood out. The pickup truck 
thing, you know, the, the, the menacing town, you know, townspeople. And then that fucking delivery guy's just like peeping and really smirking. creepy. The creepiest. Really like, fucking creepy. I know. That made me pretty, like, just angry. I yeah. Like, I want to punch that guy in the face. Yeah, there were a lot of it. Like, there was just so, such over the top, awful caricatures surrounding mm-hmm. these these two you know very innocent women yeah it's just like every other character felt so over the top and and um Mm -hmm. as far as like negative characters go or just like like foolishness or like the aunt was just so Mm -hmm. cloyingly obnoxious and her 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 whininess Mm -hmm. or her narcissism yeah um it's a lot of really selfish annoying people yeah there seems to be a lot of that in the lily lily and hellman verse yeah and with you know i think um selfish people enter the hellman verse enter the hellman verse uh yeah it's a lot of people with problems yeah (laughs) which is like every story story ever ever. oh my god lily hellman you're so basic stupid i'm kidding stupidest thing i've ever said um well probably not the stupidest um it's worth we talked about it again i talked about this last time we discussed hellman on episode 34 um but it's worth just reiterating that uh she was a playwright screenwriter and memoirist with intense communist sympathies which mm-hmm. meant when she was called before the house on committee or house of un-american activities committee uh and refused to answer questions mm-hmm. she was blacklisted uh she was also romantically involved with dashiell hammett the mystery writer who wrote like the thin man the maltese falcon who was also blacklisted for 10 years um the two never married, but they had a cool little a yeah. cool little yeah. shindig. Yeah, she left her husband to be with him. So, well, yeah. um, good for her. Good for her. She started, uh, I mean, she went to NYU in Columbia. It wasn't like she just started, but she came out in 1930. She began as a reader working at Metro Golden Mayor for uh, $50 a week. So she would read... Mm you know, stories and some big bucks, the big bucks. Yeah. Um, she said the job was super boring because all she would do is just read things and summarize them for people Mm -hmm. like things. Could this be a movie? I don't know. Um, but she said she got, she met a lot of people though. It put her in touch with a ton of creative people and and that's how she met Dashiell Hammett. Mm -hmm. So interesting how like nice work if you can get it. No shit. I would love to be a reader. (laughs) She's like, it was kind of boring. I'm like, bitch. Yeah. Well, I love that job. But I also get that. Like, that's a very feminine job, you know, when Mm. they, back when there were people in house for that kind of thing. Sure. That's the problem with them. I don't know. I don't know. I my, in my head, I just think everything is scenes from Sunset Boulevard, where <laughs> like yeah. they're like writers work in like little bungalows beside the studio, and yeah. like everyone has a little tiny little office, and you know, like bring it to the readers and bring it to the painters. Yeah. Like everything is a department, and it's not. I don't know that it was ever exactly like that, but it might have been. You know, it would. It, it's so. It's okay to dream. I'm dreaming. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. never know because the, they're all dead. That's true. Just to go back to Hellman briefly, uh, she, like I said, she was a memoirist on top of all this. And I, mm-hmm. I have read her memoir, Pentimento, um, but apparently on the Dick Cavett show, Mary McCarthy said of Hellman's memoirs, everything she writes is a lie, including and and the, like the words and and the. Oh. Uh, Hellman brought a defamation suit against her for that. She's like, fuck you. Um, however, investigators invest when they looked into it, they actually did find errors in the memoir. And it was seemed that there was a chapter that might have been like taken from somebody else's uh, like another journalist or something like that. Oh, shit. However, this whole case was never resolved when Hellman passed away in 1984. So, wow. just, you know, a little little spiciness at the end of life. Wow. You know, how, how fun. 
I guess her estate dropped the complaint because they were like, well, she's dead. We, we, well, she's dead, but also it's like, man, eh, we, the estate makes money off the plays and the screenplays, not her memoirs. So just, yeah, whatever. So we don't care. Yeah. I mean, I have a copy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't know. No, that makes sense. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people like this. Some people didn't people. Some people felt it was socially absurd. Somebody said Weiler should hang his head in shame. Um, I read a more recent uh, review of IndieWire that was talking about um, the overarching theme of 1961's The Children's Hour is that kids are the fucking worst. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Kids, this does not make you want to have kids. No, it's good birth control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm, sighing at the thought of like, how long till we don't have birth control? Um, Sorry. No, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Dark times. Stinks. Yeah. Uh, please donate to any abortion fund you can. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Uh, every Apple review podcast makes us happy. Yeah. Are we going to match? Are we going to donate? I was almost going to say that, but yeah. I was like, I guess that's something we should probably have discussed. What we should have done is started a Patreon, taken the Patreon money and put that into the we'll match you. So that the money just goes in a right. circle. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. I know. Those numbers don't crunch. I don't know. No, no, no. But like, I get what you're saying. We'll mm-hmm. just see if this is still a trending topic in a week. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll be. We'll yeah. Be maybe so this will all blow over. Maybe people will be wanting to, you know, riot some other crumbling, um, you know, infrastructure. People want to talk about it like this is like it's a wedge issue. And it's actually a meta issue because it reveals mm-hmm. everything that's wrong. Mm hmm. Healthcare, economic inequality, yeah. racism. It's a lot. It's a lot. It connects to everything. Yeah. Like we can make this about everything if you want it. Some fucked up shit. Yeah. And then, I mean, now I'm fully on a soapbox, but I mean, it's about reproductive justice, not about like abortion. When you talk about it in those terms, we're talking about the social, the necessary environmental and social conditions to like raise children as well as like the option to not right. have them. And that means like kids shouldn't go to schools that are next to power plants. You know, people shouldn't have to have like lead paint poisoning because like everything is set up to take away from you. And yeah. so I really feel like when we when we brought in that discussion, it's like this truly is an issue that affects everybody. Absolutely. And reveals everything. Absolutely. So feel the need to say that because this is the only soapbox I have. Uh, any lingering questions about this movie? No. When was the children's hour? Yeah, it was. This was an this was an hour forty minute movie, and I would argue it wasn't for children. So, when is the children's hour? The children's hour. That's. I did think on that title a lot. It's sort of like Salem, right? Yeah. Like, like when everyone started listening to one time in American history where like teenage virgin girls had power. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. There's some really interesting theories about Salem that like, oh, on top of just the fact that, right, they were, you know, Puritans, there was like ergot poisoning potentially. And like, so you believe in the devil and then you start hallucinating. Guess what? Yeah, you're going to burn or hang some people. They didn't really burn anybody. They hung people, but some shit. One guy was crushed to death by stones. Giles Corey. Damn. Yeah. Rest in peace. Kept saying more weight. Would not confess to being a witch. Oh, man. This all feels very related to me. I'm yeah, just gonna put that I think this all is very related to the children's hour. Press me to death with stones, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's got really dark. I'm yeah. so sorry. That's all right. Um, if you were gonna nominate somebody for as best supporting player, oh, um, do you have a 
I mean, she was awful, but I would just nominate Mary. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I like hated that. I don't even want to give her the satisfaction. I get that, of, but I also don't want to give James Garner the satisfaction because I didn't feel like he, apart from questioning the child, which I did love seeing that. Sure. I liked when he grilled the, the girl. That yeah. was good. But he ultimately kind of wasn't. I don't know. I liked when he spanked her. <laughs> Not like in a sexual way, right, you weirdo, no, no. you freaking pervert. Sorry, yeah. No, but I really liked when he was like, you little fucking shit. Like, he didn't yeah. say it, but he was just like, man, fuck this kid. I love it. Because he's like a doctor. Like, yeah. And then, he, you know, and he was, even then he was just like, fuck this kid. Yeah, do no harm. Just Whatever. Spanked her. And then I loved the camera. Catch that. <laughs> it was so dumb. Very melodramatic. Oh, it was so dumb. Then she, then he thought the kid was going to chase after him, and he was like running at the door. Okay, we gotta go. Like, oh, was real. that was. I he gets my. He, he's gonna get my award. He gets for your that award. Scene. Okay, all right. He gets my award right. for best supporting because I love the whole spanking um, situation. <laughs> excellent. excellent. It, it wins you over with him. You know what I That's mean? That's true. I mean, I think I want me over. I like. I did like that. You know. I mean, she kind of forces him to to fail a bit, you know, as mm. we discussed. But I did like that he stood. She by pushed them. him away. She yeah, no, she fully was pushing him away. Right, right, right. And right. he wasn't even wanting to go at the end. She was just like, a few weeks, few he he won't be back or whatever. Yeah. But he was even there at the funeral. It's like it's almost like no one just none she, of this had to happen. She's pushed. She's continually keeping everybody away from her. Like she ice is so isolating. So Karen herself. is really the problem here. I mean, she can't give uh, she can't give Martha the support she really needed in her yeah. weak moment. She pushes away the fiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind of the the most annoying. I definitely find Audrey Hepburn annoying. Aww. <laughs> Not in everything she does. She can be adorable. She can be very cool. Yeah, she can be many things. Yeah, but I there's just. Something sometimes that grates on me. Sure, it's like this melodious way of speaking. That's sort of, I I totally you know. get what you're saying. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I feel like Rooney Mara is the perfect like Such translation a- in terms of my feelings of like a current actress who I don't have anything against her. No, no. And I know, I know she she attaches herself and and does and does well attaches in like oh to like, like what, I mean yeah exactly <laughs> she like to to um good projects you know things that are like big gonna, sharks yeah she put yeah exactly to good sharks good meaty sharks you know um, lots of parasites exactly she's one of those little birds and like uh in the he- head of a hippo or whatever mm. um, yeah I love these animals yeah. The symbiosis. But she's also, you know, good, but also I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't love it. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't. I don't have anything for her. I don't have anything against her. I know she's, what you're saying. She's there, she's adequate. I think you just. She's great. I think people have to she's connect fine. to a performance. Like you can't yeah. just be told this person's great. She's been. She's been so like default put into these these um she's been in a lot of things she's been a lot of things but she's usually like the girlfriend or she's usually like she's easy as like this she is an object of she's a more elevated like zoe de chanel type Mm. of um you know girl for the hurting guy like type of figure 
or hurting, you know, woman in the case of like Carol. Carol. Yeah, that's like the only movie. And this I feels can... very like Carol. This is if you thought Carol was was melodramatic or whatever, it takes it takes a page out of the Children's Hour. Oh, man, this one moves pretty quickly and is feels plot driven. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're gonna compare pacing, yeah, there's actually the the Children's Hour actually. It's, real, uh, it's it's swift. Yeah, it actually at least has some movement to it. Yeah, but it, Carol is um. Yeah, is is gorgeous gowns, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, gorgeous gowns. 